Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of Youth Ministry and Mentorship 101, episode number 45. Wow, 55 more episodes and I'm at 100. It's been a journey, but I've enjoyed every single step because I've been speaking with youth ministry experts and youth and young adults from all around United States of America, the North American division, and just learning from them. Uh, this week, I sat down with Sister Tamar Jerome, and she is a young adult in the Boston area. She is a member of the Cambridge Seventh-day Adventist Church, who is a part of a powerful young adult movement in that area. So I sit down and I listen to her, especially about how she mentions that she used to be a bench warmer. So let's check it out together. All right, everyone, and welcome to Youth Ministry and Mentorship 101. I have another young Haitian leader with me today on the podcast, Sister Tamar. How are you doing today? I'm well, I'm well. Uh, yeah, I can't complain. <laughs> All right. How are you? Doing great, doing great. Awesome. Uh, you probably can guess I'm excited to talk yeah. with you and get insight about you as a youth leader, someone who's excited about ministry and is very active in her church. So let's get right to it and ask the first question. Could you give us a little short bio about you and what you're doing in ministry right now? Yeah, um, so what I'm doing in ministry right now is I serve at my, I serve at my church. Um, I am a deaconess there. Um, I'm also part of the music ministry, so I sing on the praise team. Um, and aside from church, I'm a member of the Franco-Haitian Federation, the New England Franco-Haitian Federation, as the outreach coordinator for there. Yeah. All right. That's current, hey. what I currently do. Awesome. Can you give us a little insight of what an outreach coordinator does, uh, especially for this federation? Yeah, so for the Franco-Haitian Federation, um, I first and foremost like to collaborate with the churches, the Haitian churches in our um, federation, who already have an established outreach ministry. Um, so what we do is we advertise advertise those events or programs that they're having, um, as well as you know creating programs and initiatives and, and events for the Haitian churches in our federation. So that's all we do. Just awesome. seeking awesome. to get the youth excited about ministry, about outreach, because unfortunately. Um, some youth don't really are not really interested in outreach, so I try and create programs so that way they can find a, that newfound love for it. Awesome! Could you tell us like uh, a, an outreach program that you've done that was really successful, and why was it successful? Um, sure. So I can talk about Compassion Day, Global Compassion Global Youth Day, actually, which is um last. Mm, spring um so we held different programs um and events that day so we went to the nursing home we did um street evangelism we went to food pantries and helped out we did a, a series of different outreach projects that um catered to everyone's everyone's need and, and desire and interest um i don't like to just do one one type of initiative i want to be able to cater to everyone's desire and interest so that was really successful we had um many youth from the different haitian churches in massachusetts come out and participate and 
everyone was just so excited. You know, we got to also feed the homeless too, which was, you know, new for some youth and within the churches. So it was great. Oh, great. Awesome. God awesome. Definitely showed up and showed out. <laughs> nice. Nice. Yeah. Now that we got the background of you in working with youth and young adults and especially with outreach, I can feel confident in asking you this from your point of view. Do you believe that the church as a whole is being proactive in reaching out to Generation Z? <sighs> yeah. That question actually makes me cringe, <laughs> um, just because I feel like there's just so much growth and areas of improvement that we need. Um, and I also don't want to discredit the churches who are progressive and who is investing in the youth. Um, however, like I said, I, I do believe that there's great room for growth. Um, I was actually speaking to a friend yesterday about um, how the church needs to focus on discipleship, right? Mm. It's and what I mean by that is like, you know, youth coming to church, it's as if they don't really have an interest. They're forced to, to come to church because that's all they know, right? It's routine. Their parents are forcing them to come to church. And so I really think that we need to focus on building discipleships, building relationships with these youth and, and cultivating their spiritual life. So that way they understand why they come to church, not just because their parents have forced them to, but the understanding of church and, and building that spiritual relationship and maturity with Christ. Um, because a lot of times, you know, they come to church and then they, after church, they hang out with their friends. There's really nothing substantial for them to participate in, um, aside for AY. That's another story. AY is, <laughs> I feel like, a dying ministry in some churches. Unfortunately, fortunately for my church, we still have AY. Um, but there are some Haitian churches where AY is non-existent. So I believe, like, they should just focus on creating programs and creating um, avenues for youth and that could look like getting the youth giving the youth responsibility putting them in positions giving them obligations that way they have a sense of belonging in the church because um, as Haitian children as Haitian youth it's as if you know we come to church we sit down we hear the sermon and we just feel like we have no place in church at all and unfortunately what happens in Brazil is they leave church because they don't really have feel a sense of belonging there um so again going back to giving them responsibility um creating programs and avenues for them to step up and to be grow into the woman and or men of god that god has called them to be wow yeah wow so following up let me ask you this then because you gave a lot of great insight there if you were let's because you already are a leader so let's imagine you are a pastor, right. first elder, mm -hmm. what, what programs, what initiative, what vision would you bring to the church to really get youth involved in all those things that you said? Hmm. Well, first, I've, if you're a youth leader in a Haitian church or any church for that matter, you have to build a relationship with your youth. You have to understand them and get to know them on a personal level. Find out their interests, their desires, what they can connect to. Because just putting a program on or a Bible study or anything for that, or any program for that matter, it may not be appealing to them. So find out what their interests are and how you can connect that to, to uh, ministry. Um, 
I think that's important to just like getting to know your youth on a personal level and getting them excited about their purpose. Uh, I was actually listening to a sermon online the other day. Um, I don't know if you know Torn Walls. He's a Christian artist. No, no, no I haven't. Yeah. Um, well, so he was actually preaching at this church and he was saying when he was young, um, there was a leader in his church who called out the gift of speaking in him. And so every, every Sunday, he's a Sunday um, preacher, Sunday church goers. So every Sunday he would go to church and the leader would have him preach sermons after church ended after the service. So he would have him preach sermons and just continue to cultivate and to, and to build up on his speaking skills and his leadership skills. And so he's, the leader saw that in him and called it out and continue to just work with him and build those skills. And so I feel like that as youth leaders, that's the same thing we should be doing. We should not just see our youth sitting down in church on their phones, hanging out, you know, being disruptive in church. We should just build that relationship with them and call out greatness to them and help them get there. And that's our responsibility. Awesome, awesome. So, (laughs) So if you came to a church and you were a leader and you were saying all these things, but yet people were, you know, giving pushback because it's like, well, it seems like you're changing everything. Uh, we've done it all the way this way. Like, how can you, because you, it, another thing that you said that's really key is that programs just have programs doesn't do anything. It's the relationship. Right. So how would you, as the leader, make that a priority and instill that into your leadership to have those relationships with young people and youth and young adults? How, how would you initiate that? Uh, again, just finding out their interests. So if I know that a particular youth is interested in, let's say, drawing art, right? I would create, I would have them I would find a ministry or find a creative program that can show them how they can use their gifts to glorify God or even create a ministry for that matter. Um, so not just creating a program and thinking that everyone's going to be interested in it. Um, so I guess I would just find out what they're interested in and then create a program around that. If that answers so, your question. <laughs> yeah. So you, you would just basically, you know, help them set up ministries where they could be active. Yes. And, giving them responsibility gives them yeah. a sense of, of worth, of self-worth. And so it gives them, it gives them a sense of belonging. Okay. All right. All right. Gotcha. And, and you feel like the leadership would follow an example and say, all right, it looks like leader Tamar is really emphasizing utilizing young people. So I guess we should, you know, follow suit and follow that example. Do you think that would, that's what would happen? Oh, def- absolutely. Yeah. It's all about um, building the next generation. You know, they are, you know, I know it's cliche, but the youth is the next generation. The youth is a future church. And so I think we need to put the work in now to cultivate their spiritual lives, to, to call out greatness in them and leadership skills. That way they can take on that role that they eventually will take. Um, so yeah, I think it's our, it's our responsibility to do that so my next question for you is some because i find this interesting because i coming from where you are and where you are right now i Mm -hmm. i'm not afraid to say that you're in an area where there's a lot of vibrant young adults who are active uh bridge Mm -hmm. ministries who's i've had on the podcast before 
mm-hmm. and uh, great uh, yeah, a, a, a great number of ministries. Uh, there was um, uh, another project that's happening in, uh, I forget, Sister Auguste had a, um, I for, it's off the top of my head, but. Uh, the that Pulse mi- Project? Yes, the Pulse okay, Project. Yeah. There we yeah, go. Yeah, I, I was actually part of that project. <laughs> yes, yes, yeah. the Pulse Project, Bridge Ministry, all these vibrant ministries, young adult yes. led, happening yes. in your area. So yes. I want to ask this question. Mm-hmm. What does a healthy young adult church look like where young adults are active and they're leading in ministries and they're reaching their communities, they're doing outreach? Mm-hmm. What does it look like? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a great question. I think one of our reasons or what has charged us to take on this, this initiative is being that we're young adults and we are the next generation, right? We are the generation who whom experienced um, church hurt, who have gone to these these Haitian or Caribbean churches and have dealt with either church hurt, hurt or not feeling satisfied or, or, or growing spiritually within our churches. And so we see the need, we see the need for growth. We see the need for innovation. And now's the time that we're taking charge and, you know, taking charge and creating these initiatives, creating these churches and, and feeling like we, our voice does matter. Um, so I think what a healthy church looks like is there's just that, just that same, in that same vein, being innovative, knowing that we can do things differently and still be a church of God. Um, so I, I definitely think that's what it looks like, but also keeping in mind that just because it's a healthy, vibrant church, doesn't necessarily necessarily mean that there will not be any conflict or issues um because we are young adults you know we're 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 still trying to get things right um so knowing that there's still going to be issues there's still going to be conflict and drama that arises but i think it's in our approach on dealing with resolving that conflict and issue when it arises is what's important and what and what will make it healthy um just as if you look at a a marriage or any relationship for that matter, um, what makes it healthy is how they resolve conflict. And essentially a church is a group of people, which, which therefore are relationships, right? So I think it's just keeping that in mind, seeking to love as Christ loved and to pour into people, to build people, to edify people spiritually and cultivate their spiritual lives. Um, and also not judging, not judging each other, too, because as young adults, we've dealt with lots of judgment, lots of criticism. We don't need that in a new young adult church. We don't need, we don't need any of that. So keep in mind that we all have come through different walks of life. Um, some may have dealt with church hurt. Some may have not dealt with it. So it's keeping in mind that this is a safe space, a non-judgmental space, and we want to love just as Christ loved and to build a, a community of inclusiveness and yeah and just based off the, on the foundation of love again wow awesome hey everyone we'll get back to that interview with sister tamar in just a second i just want to spend this second just to remind you that i want to hear from you feel free to send me a message on my facebook page youth ministry and mentorship 101 feel free to reach out to me on instagram at youth underscore mentor 101 and let's have a conversation let's talk about youth ministry together let's learn from each other let's mentor each other uh any suggestions you may have for this podcast 
feel free to send it my way. And of course, if you're enjoying this content, feel free to go to Apple Podcasts and send a review or a rating. So let's continue to work together to empower, educate, and enlighten our youth and young adults. Like we always say here at Youth Ministry and Mentorship 101, youth ministry is not a stepping stone into ministry. Youth ministry is a ministry, period. Well, here's my follow-up question to that, because you said some awesome things. These are all the things that every church should strive to be, inclusive, allowing everybody to have their voice, um, Mm -hmm. allowing everybody to be active. Um, One of the, well, not contradictions, but I should say the objection to Mm -hmm. seeing young adults leading in every aspect of the church, even the Mm -hmm. pastor being a young adult and and the elders, young adults and all that stuff is the older generation starts saying, well, where do I fit in? Mm. So that's my question to you. Mm. Coming from a church where a lot of young adults are very active and even the pastor is a young adult, are older generations present? And if they are, what are they doing? And are they making mm-hmm. that statement? Like, where do we fit mm-hmm. in? Are they saying that? Right. Oh, man, that's a great question. Um, so my particular church, as you know, it's a young, vibrant church. Um, we have lots of young adults there. And fortunately, we have young adults who serve in these positions, such as like myself, I'm a deaconess, right? My, my church is the only church that I know of that I've ever been to where we have young deaconesses, we have young deacons, young elders. Um, recently, there have been um, some young adults that have been nominated for the nominating committee and who are in these positions that are usually reserved for older adults. And it's, and it's a beautiful, refreshing sight to see. Like, it literally, like, makes my heart happy <laughs> to see that because it goes to show that these positions, it should not, and will not going moving forward, discriminate against, you know, age. Um, and I think it's, it's beautiful to see it. It's, it's for creating the, we're creating a space of inclusiveness, right? We're creating a space where everyone, despite whatever age you are, um, gender, we are creating that space where, you know, youth are, we are the future. And I believe that, you know, these older adults understand that. Well, I can only speak for my church, <laughs> right? They understand that, you know, the youth are the future and they want us to be involved and engaged in our church. They want to see diversity amongst, you know, these in these positions and these departments. So I think it's beautiful and it's definitely um, a sight to see. <laughs> awesome. It's yeah. so just to kind of clarify what you said and see if I'm getting what you're saying. Basically, you're saying in that environment, the older generation, the older adults, the baby boomers, mm-hmm. the generation mm-hmm. X, uh, they look at it and they say, yes, this is what our church should be like. And mm-hmm. they're not feeling excluded. They're feeling included and they're feeling actually empowered seeing young adults leading out. Is that what you're saying? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yep. Yeah. I've, I've served on, um, in some departments with older adults and they always give me kudos. Like, they're like, wow, like, it's great to see a young deaconess. <laughs> Cause if you know, especially in Haitian churches, deacon, deacons and deaconesses are older <laughs> people. So um, I do get lots of um, 
credit but all 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 glory to god because it was something that i didn't even want i had to wrestle with because i'm like ah oh, i'm this young girl and i'm a deaconess but then they wanted to create a um a space where or they wanted to basically change the way the deaconess department has been right they not only myself but there are four other young deaconesses around my age range so they wanted to just change that and I the dynamic of that and I think that's great so it made me comfortable knowing that I have other deaconesses my age <laughs> wow yeah <laughs> wow this, this is getting me excited because it's basically something that I've said as well when I've consulted in youth ministry because that's something somebody asked a question to me basically saying if we're doing all these activities for the young people and we're so mm -hmm. intentional for the young people and mm -hmm. we're so focused on the young people, where will the older generation fit in? Where will we be? And I said to him, point blank, I said, mm -hmm. you will still be in the church. In exactly. fact, you'll be active <laughs> just as much as you are during any other youth day. Because guess what? When I've preached at numerous youth days, where mm -hmm. I hear amens is from the older adults. That's where I yes. hear my amens. Yes. That's where yes. I hear, who's sitting in the front on youth days? It's the older generation. They're not right. going anywhere. So if they're not going anywhere, let's be intentional about those that we are losing, which is the young people who are in college or in high school and our young adults who are looking for a place where older generations will be present and mentor them because i think mm -hmm. that's what another thing uh, uh older generations have to be aware of young adults are not asking to be leaders to push older generations out right we are asking to be leaders to be active and we are actually inviting you to stay a leader mm -hmm. so we can learn from you we Say just it wanna, again. <laughs> we, we just want to learn at your table. That's what yeah. we don't want to be at, at. You know, at Thanksgiving, there's the kitty table. Yeah. <laughs> Basically, that's right. how church treats young people. It's mm. like there, there's your table. You have that's your good. day. You have your Sabbath. You have yeah. your department. But now, as young adults, especially young adults, we're saying no, 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 no. We're going to jobs that are treating us as adults. Mm -hmm. We're in charge of two million dollar budgets we're we, oh, we, it again. <laughs> we, we are we have clients that are expecting adult expectations from us yeah. we have to be at work at 9 a.m if we're at mm -hmm. 901 we get in trouble just like you are so right, right now when we come to church we want to be treated as an adult that's a, that doesn't have to go to the kitty table that gets mm -hmm. to sit at the adult table and learn how you cook the turkey and mm. learn how you make the potato salad. We want to learn how to do it, but exactly. we also want to cook it. Exactly. So. That's a great perspective on that. That's a great, because we are, we should be learning from them. And unfortunately, I think what it is at, at the root of it, it's pride, right? Mm. They, they feel like these young, older adults feel like, all right, this is my church. They have this sense of, of, of worth, this sense of pride like okay this is my church this is my position i'm not gonna let these youth come in and take over like who do they think they are they're as haitians say they're, they're timun <laughs> you know so it's like we have to take charge and take back our our sense of belonging like we are members just like your members 
we're adults who have bills and who have responsibilities just like you have responsibilities so teach us like we want to glean from you and learn from you like i don't understand why people are so hesitant to give us more control and responsibility like your position is not going anywhere like you i want you to cultivate us and and to teach us so that way when you you know pass away and the next generation comes we are able to be fully equipped to be able to lead the church right because unfortunately um coming from a haitian church i didn't have that i had that experience where i was just a bench warmer like i didn't understand wow. i was going to, i was just going to church because my parents brought me to church and you know i wasn't really involved in ministry or any activities in church because there really was nothing going on at the time for me they didn't really pour in and invest in, in the youth. Um, and it was when I went to college, uh, freshman year, Washington, Washington Adventist University, shout out to them. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, that's when I started, like, you know, seeing all these youth and young adults who were on fire for Christ, who were involved in ministry, you know, campus ministry, Bible studies, involved in so many different Vesper programs and all that was going on in our campus ministries. And I'm like, wow, this is beautiful to see a large group of youth coming together, working together in ministry on fire for Christ and who are like radicals for Christ. Even it was just a beautiful sight to see. And I'm like, wow, I want that. Like, I genuinely want that. Like these people are happy. They are rooted in Christ. They are strong. And I, I desire that so much. So I started to hang around these people and also get involved in campus ministry. And I think that's what cultivated the desire for ministry and also deepen my relationship with God. So once I had that sense of like belonging, like, yeah, I'm a young adult, but I can lead this ministry on campus. I can do X, Y, and Z. Like I belong. Like I'm not just going to be a bench warmer any longer. So when I came home back to um, Massachusetts, I continued in that same, in that same spirit. Like, I'm like, you know what? This ministry is, doesn't exist here at the church. I'm going to start it or I'm going to get, in, get more involved. Um, so I think that for me is, was, was big, just feeling like I, just taking back that, that sense of belonging, right. And making it, you know, making my voice heard. Wow. Wow. (laughs) So exciting to see that because, uh, it's something that I love seeing that's happening in Boston, just seeing all these young adults, so active, so in love with Jesus. And I can just see how it just affects the community and brings more people into the church so it's something that i think anyone listening right now can recreate in their church where they just are more open in letting young adults be what they are which is Uh young adults and young adults (laughs) are capable of leading they're capable of being empowered. They're cap- they're, they're, they, don't la- they don't want to be bench warmers anymore. No, no. And that's a good thing. That's Jumping off the bench. <laughs> yes. If they don't want to be on the bench, don't keep them on the bench. They want to mm-hmm. be active. That's the gospel. Let them, that is. Let them serve Jesus. So, whew. Man, it's so good to it's, get that off so my chest. There's so much to say. There's so much to say about this too. It yes. doesn't even have enough time. But I know, I yeah. know. It's like, uh, it's it's something that I keep saying over and over and over again because if we just do that yeah. and take away that pride, like you said, oh my goodness, I yeah. just empowered. I mean, Jesus let the most inexperienced, the most incompetent, incapable people be 
the inheritors of his message. And that's like, wow. Wow. So, um, as I usually do at the end of this podcast, I leave the guest to say some words of encouragement. So, Sister, if you have any words of encouragement to those who are struggling in a church, they are, they're sitting on the bench and they don't want to be on the bench anymore, um, what words would you say for them? Yeah, um, I would say take charge. Get up. Let's, let's, start a, let's start a movement. Get off the bench. <laughs> you know, like if you see that your church, particularly if you go to a Haitian church or a Caribbean church and there may not be a lot of youth, or there may not be a, a lot of programs, ministries that care to youth. Get off the bench, you know. Reclaim your voice and create youth initiatives. If, if your church board is giving you pushback and a hard time, like continue to defend and, and, and fight for the youth of your church. If you see a youth that is struggling, if you see a youth that is not engaged, like find build that personal bond and that relationship to find out what their interests are and connect them to connect their ministry connect their interests to the church connect their interest to a ministry um or a movement just but at, at the root of it all i would say develop your relationship with christ because that is the only thing that can sustain you because i have seen youth in their church who unfortunately you know don't have a lot of youth in their church and have gotten off the bench and want to start these programs and these initiatives and these ministries but unfortunately their church board has given them so much pushback in a difficult time and they have expressed to me like you know tomorrow like, I'm so tired like I keep trying I keep trying but the church and the younger the older adults they don't care about us they don't want us to they don't want us to start these programs. They don't want to approve our ministry and such. And so my advice to her and just anyone who's in that same situation is to continue to fight for you to get youth. Like, don't just leave. Yeah, sometimes as young adults or youth, we feel the urge to leave and go to these American English-speaking churches where we're hopefully accepted. But in that same vein, who's going to invest in the youth of their of their Haitian churches or their Caribbean or their own local churches um, so continue to fight continue to make your voice be heard and to um, make your youth feel that sense of belonging in your church so that's, 